there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message here at Wellspring Church, Texarkana. We would also love to see you and your family join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. Or if you'd like to give or learn more about us, you can go to the link in our Instagram or Facebook bio. We are praying that this message encourages and equips you to live out your walk with Christ. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready for this week's word. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is alive to us, that it means... Uh, it means just as much today for us as it did 10 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Lord, I thank you that it's alive. It's relevant for us. Help us to hear your word, listen to it, act upon your word so that we might build our house upon you. Thank you for the wellspring of life that you've given to us. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, just having to come out of that worship. I mean, I just feel like we could have stayed there all day. It was so good. So thankful for our worship team, their heart. I've worked with a lot of people over the years. And to have a team that just has just one purpose. We're just coming here. Not here to showboat. We're not here to have flashy anything, but just to worship him. So good. Amen. Amen. Well, at Wellspring Church, we get life. Jesus freely gives life. How many have chosen him? We choose life. We choose Jesus. And God gave his son Jesus to us. John chapter 14 verse 6 is Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, just because someone gives something to you doesn't mean you receive it. It's like the sign for delivery packages. You ever got a package and they, they wouldn't leave it unless you sign for it? It's like it's been sent to me. I mean, it's, it's mine because it has my name on it. But when I receive it, I have to sign for it. And so the package has been sent. If you don't sign for it, it won't be yours. So we get life, this life that Jesus has sent to us. He sent it to us, and hopefully today we've received it. Free gift to all. Well, well, how come more people don't have it? Because they just let it sit out on the front porch, and, you know, we got to take it and receive it. Acts chapter 17, verse 25. It says, Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, You, Lord, are the only God. You created the heavens, the highest heavens with all their stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them. John chapter 4, verse 10 says, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Skip down to verse 14. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Today, I want to make sure we know and we exercise this knowledge that life comes from him. 
in, in our pursuit of happiness, you know, praise the Lord for our free nation, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we have to remember, and I want us to stay aware of this, that in our pursuit of happiness, that true happiness is not going to come from anything lasting outside of him. Get life. Turn to your neighbor and say, get life. Now, not get a life. Don't, don't, don't tell him to get a life. That's, that's got a negative kind of get a life, you know. No, we, we get life. We receive it. We, it's our pursuit, pursuing the life giver. How good is getting a million dollars if you have no heir? Who'd like to have a million dollars? It's like a chest with a million bucks. You say, okay, listen. Would you rather have this truckload of diamonds... Or the ability to breathe. But come on now, the diamonds. I mean, the, 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 the chest of cash. I mean, as valuable as those things are, what good are they if you can't breathe? Can I get a witness? Luke chapter 9, verse 25 says, For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits himself? Loses life. What good is all that? It's not even a truckload. That's, that's the whole world. What good is it to gain, not just be the richest man in the world, but like be the one that has all the money in all the world? What good is that? you can't breathe if you lose your life see this analogy gives us an instant picture in our minds of priority well of course air is more important to us but less seen in our immediate life is the fundamental need for Jesus and the life that only he gives see we, we, we you know if you don't Maybe you don't think about breathing all the time. Do anybody wake up and be like, oh, oh, oh thank God. Oh, my lungs are working. Whew. Anybody do that today? Raise your hand if anybody did that today. Oh, wow. I was like, well, you wake up first off. Whew, my lungs are still working. Praise the Lord. Man, I was scared about that. See, we don't think about it, but yet it's the most vital most fundamental need that we have for life is to breathe. Now, there are a lot of other things we need, but you can go longer without food than you can without air. It's pretty fundamental. You can go longer, right? But Jesus is a necessity for life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. See, he's the one that gives life, life eternal. And he also gives life on earth. He gives us fulfilling life. A life full of purpose and vision. How many movie stars and 
multi-millionaires, those that would, you would say, reach the pinnacle of success and they choose to end their life. Isn't that sad? Remember years ago, we ministered that a lot. We had a whole series ministering to the, to the youth of all these singers and pop stars that have been idolized and they lose their life or commit suicide and they've got all, all the stuff. My source of life is Jesus. He gives it, I must get it, and sign for it. Now back to the signature thing. The signature is a signature of relationship. It's like a marriage. It's also a signature of ownership. Now we don't like to talk about that a whole lot. But it's a covenant relationship. It says I belong to you. A willing servant. See, a person that enlists a free will to become a slave. A, a free will. I give my life away to be a servant. We then become a son or daughter of the king. See, we're not, all are not children of God. And that was kind of a slogan. All, all are children of God. All sons and daughters of God. No. Everybody's not. In fact, Jesus looked at him and said, you're not of the father. You're of your father, the devil. That doesn't sound very inclusive. We need to be more inclusive. But see, we come as outsiders, and then we sign our life away, and we say, Lord, we accept you as our Lord. We are yours. We belong to you. We are your servant. I'm now, I'm no longer a slave to the old nature, but I'm a slave to him. But then he says, come in. And he had, then he doesn't just keep us there. He then adopts us as sons and daughters of the king. So then we become heirs to the kingdom. And Jesus is the king of this kingdom. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So we get life. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about getting life, Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. I come before Jesus and say, Lord, I don't have what it takes. Would you give it to me? I'll come here to get life, to attain life. But we don't want to stop there as a church. We got to turn to the next thing, which is give life. After we get life, eternal life given by Jesus, we then give life. We don't hoard it. We tell about it. We serve the least of these as unto Jesus. Jesus said, it's just as if we were given to him. Colossians 3.23 it says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive a reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 says, the one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. 
Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. Listen here. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to the one of these little ones because he is a disciple, truly, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. Wow. Isn't that powerful? We get life. We receive life. But we turn around and we give life. Proverbs 19.7. A lot of scriptures. Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. And he will give a reward to the lender. Proverbs. When we are kind, love in action, it's as if we're giving it to the Lord. And he won't forget about it. He'll see it. Matthew 25, 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When did the church become only about self? I I understand. I want to say this before I go further. Notice I said only. Only about self. We do believe that we come to church and it helps us. It helps ourselves. We help ourselves when we come to church, when we read the word, when we come to Jesus. I say only because I realize the church is good for me. Not only good, but vital, growing, learning, loving, giving, that all works together. He says, love others as yourself. Has he ever flown on an airplane? Amen. Flown on an airplane? You know a little speech they give? What's in the little speech? In the event of a crash, in the event of losing cabin pressure, oxygen mask will come down from the ceiling. And then what do they say after that? If you have a child, grab your mask, put it on you first, and then put it on your child. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? They're so selfish to think that I would take oxygen first instead of my child. Isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? How selfish is that to tell a parent that they need to get oxygen before their child. The child is the most important person on the earth. We'll give it all, we'll do all, we'll, it's only about them. Now you, know, you guys know I'm, I'm, I'm playing that up and I'm joking here. Because what good are you to your child if you're dead? It's not selfish. It's because they might not be able to reach it or figure out the rubber band things go around your head. So you reach for the oxygen. Parents, come on now. Reach for the oxygen. You must reach for life first. 
put it on yourself because you can sit there and lecture them about putting their oxygen mask on until you pass out and die yourself. Come on, I'm drawing a picture here. I see this all the time. Sports is king. Extracurricular activities are king. Church is not secondary or thirdly or fourthly. I start to say third, third, not a third dairy. It's way down the list. But see, a parent must get oxygen for themselves and then pursue getting oxygen. And there's not anything out in this world that's going to provide that. And I'm talking about the life that Jesus gives. How important it is that we get the oxygen, we get the life for ourselves because our families will depend on that. Now, this is spiritually speaking. When it comes to our call and responsibility to give to others, loving and leading others to Christ, we have to go before and lead the way. Get oxygen from the Lord first. Get water from the Lord first. That way we can have something to share. Before you throw tomatoes at me and start saying I'm preaching about self-help or self-care or anything like that. In other words, here we go, in other words... You can't give away what you don't have. And so we need to be able to give that life because, see, we've experienced it ourselves. So important for parents. Pursue what, what is Brother Lee always says is more caught than taught. You, you, you reproduce what you are, not so much what you say. And as we, as leaders, as parents, as grandparents, as we pursue Jesus ourselves, then that's what's going to cause our children, grandchildren, other people that look up to us. That's what's going to cause that spark for that desire for the Lord, for that hunger for the Lord as they see us doing that first. Amen. If we were to live in a parched land and people were dying of dehydration, and I've used this analogy before, we would need to go to the well of water and we would have to draw from that and then take it back out to them. But first, might I suggest, you drink a bucket of it and then get another bucket because you've got to go back out into the dry and parched land. I went to a, a, on a mission trip to the Carolinas here, 2018. Hurricane, I think it was Florence. Was it, was it Hurricane Florence that hit the Carolinas? It dumped something like, some places like 35 inches of rain. You know, I remember seeing this on the news. <clears throat> I, uh, they, they called, it was a funny story. Can I tell a quick story? Just an entertaining story. Um, so I had been on the list to go to Syria um, to help out the Friendships Ministry and the Seahawks program. They had a camp on the, on the border of Syria and Israel, and uh, they were helping they, they, people, families of ISIS, you know, in, in, in the town. They could come into this thing and get food and, 
and things and go back out. And they could come into this without having to check into Syria and Syrians could come in and, uh, uh, or Israel and they could kind of come. It's kind of a neutral zone. Anyways, I was all ramped up to go on this. I was, you know, a plane ticket where well, they called and said, ISIS is, really stepped up the bomb and, and IDF, which is the Israeli army, shut them down. And they said, we're going to have to postpone that. And I was like, oh, I was ready to go on an adventure, you know. And, and they said, well, just if something else comes up, we'll let you know. I said, let me know. Well, here comes Hurricane Florence coming in. And uh, Sunday afternoon, about, I'm thinking around 5 o'clock, I get a message and it said, could you, you know, call? We want to see if you can drive a big rig, uh, like a freight liner, uh, to haul stuff down to, uh, to the Carolinas. It's like five o'clock Sunday. And I, I call back. Oh, I said, well, you want, actually, they said, can you drive a, what experience do you have? I said, well, I've on the farms driven some big rigs and stuff. And they said, well, we got this five ton military truck that you want to drive? And I was like, sure. I said, when do you need me? They said, well, we're going to leave about seven in the morning. Well, it's like five or six in the afternoon and it's in Lake Charles. So I've got not much time, like a few hours to get ready and then try to get some sleep. So I, I like, how do you, I think I'm going to the Carolinas. It's like, okay. So I start throwing some bags in there and, and get my stuff together. And I, I try to take a little nap because, you know, I'll just drive all night. So I ended up not taking a nap. It didn't work. I was too wired. So I ended up driving and getting to, to Lake Charles at 7 in the morning, and nothing was ready to go. No, nothing's loaded. And so we worked from 7. We worked all the way until about 2 a.m. the next day. So I went all night without sleep and then worked all day. And I was like, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm getting delirious now, you know. And they said, all right, we're, we're leaving they said, they said uh, and you don't get to drive the five-ton. That's automatic. We know you got experience. This, so they had an old Freightliner truck that that every time I told one of the, the staff guys there, like, what are you driving? So I'm driving the toter home. They turn it into a motorhome, this Peterbilt. They turn it into like a motorhome, so you didn't have to have CDL to drive it. And it was about 15 feet longer than the semi because they had a fifth wheel. It was long. I pulled in a pilot, and this thing was 15 feet longer than a, a full-length semi. They said, you're going to drive uh, the toter home, and everybody laughed. Oh, have fun with that. Have fun with that old Peterbilt. I was like, oh, no. So we jump on this thing, and I drive all night. It was the Lord's grace that we, we get on drive, you know. I'm sleeping on the trailer underneath the flat-bottom boat we were taking. Slept, took some naps, you know, and we stopped. And we got down there, and there's water covering everything. We took a helicopter. Tyler would have loved this because I was falling behind the trailer with the same helicopter that you work on. And uh, we're going down there and everything. So there's water everywhere and we're trying to get through there. And the police were like, where are you going? It was like, well, we're just, we're coming to help. We didn't really have a big plan. And so they said, we'll take you where we think you'll be good. So they drove us and we ended up having to, all that to say, and it was awesome week. We ended up flying a helicopter around taking boats out to people stranded, rescuing people, delivering water. It was just, it was pretty cool. The Cajun Navy was there. They call them the Cajun Navy. It's like a bunch of rednecks. They just show up like lines of them with their flat bottom boats, like hundreds of them. You know, they just, they just line up and they're just, just old Bob, you know, 
unloading his boat and taking off, you know, to rescue people, driving down neighborhoods, you know, you know, it was, it was the coolest thing. Um, anyways, that was a really cool trip, but we ended up this back to my water, back to my sermon. We had this big flat bottom boat, pretty wide one. We, we'd pile up water. There's water everywhere. I mean, we're driving, I mean, I'm driving this boat and you see antennas of the car and, and the, the very tops of the truck sticking up out of the water and you're, you're driving down Maple Street, you know, in this boat and I've got bottled water that I'm delivering to whole neighborhoods that were cut off, you know, their, their neighborhood maybe was out of the water, but they, nobody could get to them. It was just interesting how there's water everywhere. But we're having to deliver water. And we've, we've come, I've come from hundreds and hundreds of miles away to a place that's been getting torrential downfall in water to bring bottled water. But it was all contaminated the sewage would come out because, you know, all that, all the septic systems, all that, all, it's all now underwater. Well, and so you had all this water, this torrential downpour that just was everywhere. And here we are in a boat cruising down Maple Street, giving out bottled water. And, you know, I just was thinking about that idea if our culture today there's a lot of things you can drink from today. There's lots of things you can drink. You can, you can go any number of things you can listen to. If you can Google it, you can find it. Don't ever Google your theology. For one, you'll be right every time. You'll find it. Whatever you believe, you Google it, you'll find it. But that's not the source of life. The word is a source of life. See, we have to make sure, like just like in this, this hurricane, dumped all this rain. It's producing a flood of destruction and a flood of undrinkable water. Lots of water around. But we had to make sure we were drinking the right kind of water. And so they would send us out there, and the first thing they would tell us is, and they were on us all the time, the leaders of our group. They were on us all the time. How much water are you drinking? Are you drinking? Drink plenty. Because we're just so busy. We'd get overheated and dehydrated ourselves. And so we are in the ministry of delivering water to the thirsty. But we have to make sure we're drinking it ourselves. Amen. How many is wanting to go on a trip like that? Y'all be like, let's do it. All right. Are you for real? Are you for real? Because it could happen. We love as, love as yourself. He wasn't saying neglect yourself. He was saying be a, get attention on others as well. At Wellspring, at, at this church, we, we see it like this. We want to draw from the water of Jesus. Draw from the gifts that he gave to the church to get life and strength and then give life to whoever we can. Amen. Jesus is the wellspring. 
we come and 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 here's the thing how many was brought to church before maybe you have to think way way back but somebody brought you to church anybody in here if you go back far enough it was somebody who brought you to church okay did you believe when you were brought to church some of us didn't but do you believe now that means somebody played a part in your belief last scripture john chapter 4 verse 39 this is kind of our theme theme chapter of Wellspring. But after the woman at the well experienced Jesus, remember he said, the water I give you, you never thirst again. And he did the little prophecy. You know, he's like, you've been with five men and the one now is not your husband. And, and then she left and was saying, come meet the man that told me everything I ever did. She's like the, the, one of the first major evangelists. Many say that it was, they called her a Saint, Saint Fotina, Fortini, whatever. Many, many think that's the same person because she ended up going and, and evangelizing so many people from that encounter with Jesus. Well, listen to this. If you skip down in John chapter 4, verse 39, it says, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said. Isn't that interesting? Oh, we can't listen to women. Watch out for them women now. Don't be listening to them women now. What does it say right here? Many Samaritans. These were outcasts. These were people that were in a in a opposing of the Jews and the you know what I mean? But yet it said many from the town believed in him. Believed in who? Not her. Believed in him because of her. When she testified, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said. And then, listen here, interesting, verse 42. And they told the woman, this is key for us. We no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. See, we can bring them and we can play a part in that, but we're not the end all. If we bring them to church, if we, you know, and if, again, I would encourage everybody, don't let church just be the end goal. Be Jesus. Jesus is the end goal. You might need to get them saved before you bring them to church. In fact, I'd prefer that. I prefer if you meet somebody Go ahead and evangelize them. Tell them about Jesus. Pray with them. And you can even baptize them if you want. I don't care. And then bring them to church. That's perfectly fine. I'd prefer that. It saves us a lot of work. But don't think that church is the end goal. This is where we continuing in our equipping and our encouraging and inspiring, which is hopefully what I'm doing today. If I'm not doing that today, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll try better next week. But hopefully we're coming to church to get inspired and filled up. Those times of worship stir us up for just how good God is. We, have, we feel rejected. We feel downtrodden. But man, during worship, God did something in me. I need to go out here and tell somebody about that. So when you're talking to somebody and they feel dry, they're parched, they're lost, they're weary, you can say, 
man, can I pray with you? Can I, can I share with you what, what God has done with in me? And, I, and I'm not all the way there yet. I'm, on, I'm in a process myself, but, but I can tell you what he has done for me. There's a misconception that we have to be perfect and have to have it all together before we can minister Jesus. Listen, I can be dehydrated. I can be under. Here, get you a bottle too. I'm opening. Here, take your bottle. We're just, we're all coming to him, drinking from the water that he gives so that it becomes life in us. We believe because of you, but you know what? Not, not anymore. Now we believe because we've actually experienced him, that he really is the savior of the world. Amen. That's, uh, that's a lie the devil has given us, that it's the, it's the pastor's job to evangelize the world. That if we can just get them to church, there's a church on every corner that will go and say a lot of great things. But my guess is there's very few people out on the street that will tell them good things. You know what I mean? Just running into them and just being alive, being loving so today, have you encountered the love of God? The wellspring of life that only Jesus can give? Amen. Have you encountered that? Have you taken of the oxygen mask? And I can tell you right now, our culture has lost cabin pressure. I'm just going to go ahead and make this statement. There's not enough air out there for you to live. It's like siren. We've lost cabin pressure. Reach for your mask. Put it on. And then, don't go back to sleep. Don't continue on with your movie. Come on now. There's your, oh, there's a revelation today. Some people are like, lost cabin pressure. Oh, daggummit. Put my mask on, hit play on Netflix again. No, the person sitting next to you. Hey, come on. You know? And as, as, a, as a culture, it's, it's not getting better as far as they're not getting closer to Jesus. The world is lost. And the ones that come, they come to Jesus. It doesn't make the world less world. Amen? It's just those that come over into the kingdom come because they experience life experience Jesus. So get life, give life. For those that are new with us over the past couple of months or whatever, uh, that is a vision that we really want to keep on the front of our mind is that picture of coming to the well and drinking from him ourselves, but then grabbing a bucket and going back out and helping those around us. Is that, is that a good visual for you? So however you need to apply that to your life, Amen. Keep that f oil in your lampstand like Susan encouraged us earlier today. Keeping that filled up so when the light goes out, you're shining bright. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands to the Lord. Let's just thank him for life. Jesus, we thank you that you are the giver of life. We receive from you, Lord, when we feel down, when we feel lost, Lord, that you give us life, you give us light. 
And God, I thank you right now for doing a work in us. I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to complete that work. Lord, let us not be a church that loses our saltiness. Thank you, Lord, that we'll be salty, seasoned, to season, to preserve. Oh, Lord, let us not lose that. Lord, we come before you. We thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy in our life. Let us go out of this place with you on our mind. Lord, when we are tempted to, to not do the will of God, which that, that's what sin is. Lord, let us, not be, let us not be wooed by the enemy, by Satan, by the temptation to not fulfill your will. Let us listen to you, follow you. We give you glory and praise. We give you our life. Thank you, Lord, for the life that you give us. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen and amen. Praise the Lord.